everyone, and welcome to another episode of Do I Still Love It? The podcast that hopes to meet its soulmate lovingly staring over the grapefruits in the grocery store. Oh man, you know it. <laughs> uh, I'm Marshall James. And I'm Laura Weiss. And every week we invite a guest over to our place to watch a movie that they loved when they were kids to see whether or not they still love it now that they're an adult. And that grown-up kid this week is writer-director Yulene Kwong. Hey! We're really happy to have Yulene on this week to watch 1998's Practical Magic. Yulene has a, uh, a, a much-touted love of the rom-com genre. Rom-com genre. Rom-com yes. genre. Uh, <laughs> so, Yulene, and as, you know, briefly, can you tell us what Practical Magic was about? Honestly, no. So this is <laughs> this is the thing. Um, I suggest you asked me what we could watch, and I suggested Practical Magic because I had insta- uh, had recently been going through my Insta stories, and somebody ha- was like Insta storying like random screenshots of Practical Magic, and my brain <laughs> kind of went off, and I was like, "Oh, that that movie that I liked, I think?" <laughs> Question mark. Um, and you texted me shortly thereafter, and so I was like. This, I think. Um, But here's what I remember of Practical Magic. Please. Sandra Bullock. Mm-hmm. And also Nicole Kidman. Which <laughs> um, well, seems like a really weird, if I think about it out of context, that seems like a really weird pairing. Odd combo. Yeah. Odd combo. And I think they're sisters. Here's, okay, there's some sort of uh, curse where Sandra Bullock um, falls in love and then her husband dies, question mark, um, because of a curse? Maybe. There's a death beetle. It does death beetle things. I remember her, like, ripping planks in her house trying to get it out. And um, love <laughs> is the other thing I remember. Okay, I think it's she makes a wish for this man because she's like, I don't ever want to feel sadness because of love, so I'm going to wish for this impossible man. And then um, she meets the impossible man, and then he either dies or this is when the movie starts. I don't remember. Oh, wow. <laughs> All right. Laura, do you remember any more about Practical Magic, you know, Death I Beatles? Really, I really don't. I don't remember the Death Beatles, but uh, for some reason, like, a very specific picture of like Sandra Bullock, like at a at like a dinner table, like standing over the dinner table, about to like do some magic is in my head. I don't know why. Um, Sandra Bullock movies were always on in the background in my teen years because my dad had a mega crush on her, <laughs> and so like I've seen every Sandra Bullock movie under the sun. This still happens. I was home for Christmas um. and uh, happened to see my dad watching a Sandra Bullock rom com. Which one? It was the one with uh, Ryan Reynolds. The proposal, the right? Proposal. The proposal. Mm. My father was you watching were outraged the proposal. About it. Oh, I was so outraged by this movie. <laughs> not good. No, I only watched the last 10 minutes, and in those 10 minutes, I figured out all the reasons why I ever went to therapy. Like of all the Sandra Bullock rom-coms, I would say that While You Were Sleeping is the most it's the one that you watch. Okay, so while you were sleeping was like I vividly remember seeing that movie in the theaters with my mom. I was like thirteen, and it was like Christmas break or something, and my mom and I went it's and a saw good Christmas it. movie. Yeah, and I have never seen it since. I do want to see that movie again, um, but that movie is 
That movie's crazy. Oh, that wow. movie is dope as fuck. Because <laughs> <laughs> put that on the DVD box. Just like putting this aside. I, I know we're talking about Practical Magic, but like a quick detour into while you're sleeping. But I mean, sleeping. like I feel like it's important to talk about Sandra Bullock. I mean, like sorry, Nicole Kidman, but like let's put Sandy Bullock in all of her rom-com glory context. Yeah, I mean, yeah. She was like, she was like the rom-com like easygoing cool girl of our of our childhoods. Right. Yeah. Well, I think she was um I think while you were sleeping was one of her first roles. It was like a kid making yeah. role for her. And I think it was right after Speed. Mm. Like they came out like within the same year. Either yeah. one or well, I don't remember the She was having a moment. But she was in Hollywood. She really yeah. like She was on the rise. Yeah. Uh, it is so fluffy. Uh-huh. It is fluffy garbage. It's the kind of movie where a neighbor will watch a couple like having a fight and then be like go on honey take him back like literally this movie is like the cliche of all rom-com cliches but i love it so much <laughs> um, let's hope that this movie like yeah. fits into that level <laughs> so what do you what do you think it was um that drew you to uh rom-coms like practical magic Here's my question. Is Practical Magic a rom-com? I don't remember. Oh. I think it is. I, okay. I mean, well, I know it has witchcraft. So this is a yeah, movie that I've definitely not like seen. Yeah, it might be like a rom-scary movie. Like a rom-thriller. A rom-thriller, rom yeah. <laughs> I wish it was. Well, because another reason I suggested watching it is because I thought perhaps I would like it more as an adult because I think I remember being a little bit scared by it when I was younger. Like, if you look at the key art for it, it's, like, shadowy and, like, it's it's witchy. It's playing into the magic side of it and not so much the rom-com side of it. Not the practical side. <laughs> not the practical side of it. And so I'm not sure that it is a rom-com and I'm hopeful that maybe my younger self was just, you know, um, a little scaredy pants. Uh-huh. And, like, that my adult self will be like, oh, this is a rom-com, and I'll have rediscovered a classic that I can love. Um, but what was your question? No, I think that's a pretty good answer for it. And I, I think we should invite all of our guests, uh, all of our listeners, rather, to join us in possibly rediscovering the magic of practical magic. <laughs> Come on, you like that one? It's a good one. Such a good, gross ending. (laughs) The Owen sisters are two beautiful witches. Hang on to your husbands, girls. With one wicked problem. She has the worst taste in men. Any man they fall for falls victim to a deadly curse. Any man who wins the heart of an Owens woman is bound to end up six feet under. And as hard as they try, oh my God! They can't keep their loves. I feel like I'm never gonna see you again. Look out! Alive. It was an accident. It was fate. It was the curse, wasn't it? Now, a detective. Is he cute? In a very penal code sort of way, yeah. Is looking for answers. Did you or your sister kill James Angelo? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but the only kind of magic. You just look familiar. We never met before. I remembered if we had. That can break the evil spell. What would you do, Jerry? What wouldn't I do for the right guy? Is the magic of two people. Magic isn't just a spell. Who discover the power? What I'm saying is, I'm a witch. No, relationships have a problem. (laughs) Of true love. (laughs) 
Sandra Bullock, Nicole Kidman, Practical Magic. I mean, but are we ready? <laughs> I don't are know. We? I don't know if we're ready. Uh, <laughs> all right. And so that was 1998's Practical Magic. And uh... I was going to jump to the t- <laughs> jump jump straight to it. That was 90 minutes fuck? of pain. <laughs> I think we I think we pause uh I think we pause at around thirty minutes uh to like get drinks for everyone. And then we all cried and, and we, we all cried how much time was left. Yeah. It was like, oh there's more. <laughs> oh, there's so much more. So I think we need to start by by saying uh what Yulene pointed out as we were watching it, which was this is not a rom com. Holy fuck. This but, is not a rom com. But like I kinda wanna say maybe it is because none of it made sense so here's it wasn't anything <laughs> i have so many thoughts and i'm trying to organize them right now well, i mean like i would be impressed if you could organize them at all because any organization to your thoughts will be better than the organization <laughs> to the movie well so let's uh so maybe here's how we can organize it so the so the movie uh practical magic yulene did remember essentially the preamble that happened yes. right before <laughs> the yes. credits it's established that the movie's taking place somewhere in New England where, as Yulene points out, everyone is white. There's not a single non-white character for the entire movie. Not even There's not even a token no, minority no in tokens. the entire movie. Which I kind of appreciated. Oh, you know what? Commit. <laughs> this is like oh, a yeah. ready-whip town. Oh, that was the thing. Yeah. It was... That was a reference for those of you who are not caught up on your practical magic. Which, for the record, this is like a cult classic. People love this movie. Like, I kind of understand why if you're watching it in the way that you watch The Room. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yes. There's plenty of, oh, hi, Mark. There's plenty of that in this. Well, I actually, I disagree with you because the production quality and the, with the exception of our leading man, the quality of the acting was so higher than the editing and the script, it was mind-boggling. That's, okay, that's what I actually wanted to start with. I was like, how do I organize my thoughts on this? And I was like, okay, the easy way is to start with the good things. Okay. there's not that much, guys. Yeah, let's get the good stuff out of the way. But the good things are so good. Because the acting was really high quality. This was a superb cast. For the mo- the women of this yes. cast yes. were superb. Yes, you've got you've got Sandra Bullock, who we established up front that we love. We've got which you know, like I still love her. Yeah, yeah, I still love her. All right, so we'll answer that part. Do then, we still love Sandra Bullock? Yes. Yes, we do. Then there's Nicole Kidman playing kind of against type. You know, she plays these kind of like wilted flower types, and especially I'm mostly thinking of Big Little Lies, uh-huh. um, but also a little bit in Moulin Rouge. And yeah, in this one, she's playing like. How would you describe the her? The saucy character? bad girl, almost. The yeah. troublemaker, definitely. Yeah, she's got the, a snake tattoo on her right boob. The irresponsible kind of black sheep yes, sister. Who runs off. But like self-fiery. She wears like makes herself a blue, black sheep. That's the weird part. chokers. I don't yeah. know. It, and she owned that role. Her hair like, was beautiful. Yeah. 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 Flawless skin. And, I mean, yeah. yeah. Costuming, fantastic. Like, the yeah. two Are two Great. older wait, wait, wait. witches? Not, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Stalker Channing. Yeah. I love Stalker Amazing. Channing. And then we have a very baby young Evan Rachel Wood yeah. playing one of the daughters. So, like, female cast? Um, Solid. We'll, we'll get to the... 
once we get to the other side of this. <laughs> um, and then the other thing I was going to say is the aesthetic is gorgeous. It's true. The I pr- mean, it's a blockbuster. If, yeah. if I was to put it on mute and I did not understand what was going on, I would think, ah, oh, this movie was very well received. Oh, yeah. Like if you if you opened your own, say, apothecary store and you wanted to loop some images in the background silently while you play like, I don't know, witchy music. Right. I don't, I don't know or a sweet yeah. 90s soundtrack. Or the Lilith Fair soundtrack. That, yeah. Because yeah, the Lilith Fair soundtrack springs up about once every three minutes in the throughout this entire movie. Mm-hmm, You'll get... Mm-hmm. You'll get half of a verse of one song by Sarah McLaughlin, or, <laughs> <laughs> or uh, you know, uh, uh, Paula Cole or something like that. If you treated this as a feature-length music video, <laughs> fantastic! It's the production design is beautiful. The cinematography is gorgeous. I looked up the cinematographer because I was like, why do I dig this so much? And he has done so much stuff I love. Like he's done Gosford Park. He's done. I can't think of other things. Gosh, can you imagine being that guy and watching this movie and just be like hanging your head in shame? I'm so curious about what it was like on set. Well, what I don't understand. Okay, <laughs> who read this script and thought, yes, this is what I'm gonna put my time into or is this a script that had to have been hacked to death to death i think so i think even in the editing i don't think they let this bitch die like it was like they shot something and then i don't know they were like oh we don't we don't like that editor let's fix this and so then they rejiggered scenes and like cut dialogue and adr'd other dialogue like there are some scenes that have this frankenstein quality that i was like this is not as god intended yeah there, there are a lot of moments in the movie where you'll see a character they're going somewhere and they'll do a cut to another character just standing in a room somewhere they don't do anything cut back to the character that's walking why did they cut to that? Why did they cut to the other character for like, no reason? We were very confused by the passage of time. Yes, exactly. That's exactly where I was going to go next. And I think like that—that that was what blew my mind. Mm-hmm. Is sometimes in thirty seconds we would find out that we jumped two years and then five years, and then in the next twenty minutes <laughs> we find out, oh, this happened over three days. Yep. Right. And I had thought that that had happened over the course of like four months. Yeah, right. much time. They had established this idea that every major scene, every major scene for the first half hour takes place in a completely different timeline. Like the the very first scene takes place in the ancient, like Salem Witch Trials time. And then five minutes later, it's uh, when Sandy Bullock and Nicole Kibben are little baby baby girls. And then it jumps to when they're, you know, teenagers and they just want to flirt teens, with boys. Though. I think they're still played by the same actors. Oh, that's still... what's so confusing. No, they weren't by the same actors. And oh, that's what really? blew my mind. Oh. They spent so much time casting three different ages of these women. And the ones in the middle got used for one, one scene. scene. Oh, yeah. I must have missed that because I was so confused. My mind. I was too busy getting whiplash. And so that's what makes me think like, was. did yeah. we miss like a whole ton of scenes with these? I feel like school ages? There must be something because then there's also that scene. The, another case where I was very confused by the time was. Um, Nicole Kidman drugs her boyfriend in the bathroom, or it seems like she's about to, and then we cut over to her driving, and we're like, "Oh, did she kill him? Is that what happened?" <laughs> right. And then suddenly, and then, and then suddenly, outside the window, the sun rises. 
as she's driving, and then the sun sets as she's driving, There's and then the sun rises. There's this weird driving sequence where this rotoscoped landscape that's like animated with, and was beautiful. With, it was it was really beautiful. cool. Everything was consistently beautiful. <laughs> yes, everything is beautiful nonsense. It's all a beautiful mess. But it's not like Twin Peaks, like no. like compelling, be- compelling, de- de- like intentional nonsense. This wanted us to. This had a plot. It like, wanted us to I buy really into it. I really want it. I really wish that I. I could see this script done with the production value that it deserves. Yeah. No, no, but I think it has the production value that it deserved. Wow. I, no, it was beautiful. The production value was great. But this, did this script deserve this, oh, did not but deserve this. The script, I, yeah, no, I think that the, oh, Oh, yeah, you get I it. get it. I was I was thinking you meant go up, and no, I was no. you meant bring I it saying, down. I want to bring, bring it, it down. down. I wish I could see this script. You want to see the room? I really do, because like but, this was this is that definitely, bad. This is definitely oh, Walmart five dollar bargain bin DVD quality script. So it yeah, deserves five dollar yeah. bargain bin DVD. Yeah, but I totally understand. I knew it had a cult following. Yeah, but I didn't. Like, I totally understand why now. It has a cult oh. following for a reason I never expected. We did not. Yeah. 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 That, oh. <laughs> so, so the interesting thing is, okay, so this movie, it takes forever for there to be any sort of plot established. Like, it's, it's established that uh, that all of our principal female characters are all members of a witch family that mm-hmm. is hated by their entire community, although hated with a inconsistency lightheartedly hated <laughs> which which you're a witch is what the children scream at the witches yeah. but then also sometimes when she walks down the street nothing happens but then sometimes when they walk down the street literally every background extra looks at them like they're covered in feces or they're carrying bloody butcher knives like they seem terrified and disgusted but then the next scene no one seems to notice any of the witches are there because we have to have a Shania Twain montage <laughs> to this kiss uh. and so then you have to wonder like her husband dude her first husband that that she falls in love with he's fine with her being a witch? He seems like it. That or she shirks her witch heritage. Or did she move? To be normal. She did move a little bit away. But he's still from the original town that no, was like and witches. Yeah, no, they still live on the island, but like on the other side? Because when they come, I just know that when he dies, she, she like comes back to the house and she's like, this is only for a little while. Right. And yeah. I feel like we need to back up and explain what we're talking about. Because, okay, so. <laughs> How? So, I know. So. Nicole Kidman, the the diamond and the rough sister. Oh, they find out. Oh, this is very important. We haven't dropped the curse on them. Oh, right. shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, so, guys, there is a curse that runs through the family that every time that they fall in love, when the, what was it, the death beetle? The, the death watch the death beetle. Watch beetle. When the death watch beetle arrives and you hear its weird chicky noise, you know your husband will die. Can we get that one more time? <laughs> they they show the their mother and like they're with their mother they're all happy at the beach when the death watch beetle shows up oh you mean and then yeah yeah like back back one generation in the flashback because we go back and forth and back and forth and like it's terrifying because like the the mom is there with the kids and the husband and she sees the beetle and she knows her husband's gonna die like that's messed up she's like what row yeah so then we fast forward to um uh Nicole Kidman's character decides that she's gonna run away and 
At the same time, the uh, Sandra Bullock's character has long since decided that she will never fall in love. And that she, so very important plot point, guys. Uh, she sets a spell as a young girl to create this man that was so perfect he could never exist. And he has one blue eye and one green eye. And because she creates this perfect, elusive, crazy man, she'll obviously never fall in love because that's the man that she asked the universe for. So just put that in your pocket for later. (laughs) Um, Fast forward to... Her sister's gone, and she's all like, eh, I'm going to be normal. I don't want to live with my witch aunts anymore. And they're just like, you need to fall in love. You need, like, some <laughs> sexy time. So <laughs> suddenly she's working in the garden, and the ants are like, it's time. <laughs> and they just, like, cast love spell. And then apropos of nothing, she gets up, beelines it right out of the garden, As- downtown, and hot, literally leaps into the arms of this stock boy and they just hardcore tonsil hockey to and the sweet sweet sound of this kiss this oh kiss. yes yes this kiss, Shania this Twain. Kiss. it was the worst the the worst build-up to a romantic moment i've ever seen but at least but they it, had chemistry they had chemistry you know what that one at least i was like oh they're gonna kiss they kissed so they kiss and then suddenly they pan out they're in a different location and then she says Three years later, we're married with two beautiful daughters. <laughs> yeah, there was and a four-year-old and a two-year-old go running around, and I'm like, how is it only three years later? That girl is in kindergarten. <laughs> yeah, that didn't make any sense. Surprise. Uh, <laughs> casting boo-boo. So they, no, then, guess what? The Death Watch Beetle shows up, and he dies by almost being run over by a pack of bicyclists and then, but then wiping his face, then wiping his face and like, whoo, I'm glad I didn't get hit by those bicyclists, Mack truck. <laughs> yeah, like a Mack truck comes out of nowhere. And okay, it's been established this is a sleepy New England town where I'm sure the speed limit in town is 25 miles per yeah. hour tops. Uh, this pack of cyclists with a Mack truck hot on their heels. <laughs> 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 like comes flying through the town, dodges him. He has time to comically, Three Stooges style, wipe his brow and then whip pan to a Mack truck. Now, we never go through the litigation scene where surely Sandy Bullock has to sue this Mack truck guy for wrongful yeah, death. Yeah, how she right. can afford to open her little shop. Ooh, Probably. her little apothecarium is built out of his yeah. grave. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Head wait. cannons. So... We're meant to not care about this first guy because he's not her true they love. They did nothing to build him up for us. He, I love him justice for him. I don't even know his name. Yeah. He's we basically, get his name? Yeah. He's he do, basically he just a name. sperm donor. He's yeah. just sperm donor for our two Brown little daughters. sperm donor. Right. Yeah, and then, and then she has two little girls who look exactly like she and her sister did when they were girls. So like we've got, eerily. Yeah, so we've got like the, the brunette... And the the red it's head. like the opposite of the seed is strong. It's like the... The seed's pretty weak. The egg is... The egg is stronger. Well, like, how... I mean, they are witches. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's... That's really weird. And, and it brings up this idea that, okay, so all the women in this family know they're on... They're cursed. And yet, her mother still was like, eh, I'm gonna choose to fall in love with this dude uh, knowing well, that I'm dooming him to death. Counterpoint, Marshall, I don't know if you know how important it is to fall madly in love. It is the only thing 
we as women are told we're supposed to do. Also, also, <laughs> I will say you can't choose who you fall in love with. You can't choose to fall in love always. So mm. maybe they know the curse, and like sometimes that makes it forbidden. So like that's fucking yeah. hotter. So oh. like I will not fault these women for falling in love despite <laughs> a curse. Like oh yeah, this is so hot, you might die. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, and so she moves back in. She moves back in with the, the hilariously opulent house that these witch recluses live in. And she gives up magic. She's like, I'm no longer doing magic. And do not teach my daughters magic. And don't give them chocolate. And then in the next fucking scene, they're eating chocolate and doing magic and we have not addressed it. Yeah. At all. She's well. We've obviously established that she's a very weak mother. Like as far as enforcing like rules on anyone. Like her kids push her around. Her sister pushes her around. She's essentially a doormat. She lost her husband, Marshall. Doesn't make her less of a doormat. It was very sad. There was there. Okay, here's the thing: is that these garbage scenes are like the <laughs> actors act the fuck out of them. Like so good. I don't understand. It's this bizarre. It's like cognitive dissonance. It's like, I mean, like the bad and the good are happening I, all at once. I have so much respect for the fact that they were like, you know what? We are somehow found ourselves in this turn of a movie. <laughs> we will own this shit. I loved that. Evan Rachel Wood, like, she comes in, finds her mom, like, essentially, like, potatoing underneath, like, her blankets, and she crawls in there and comforts her mom with, like, some really shitty-ass stock, like, dialogue. I don't even remember it. It was, like, nothing. But I do remember, like, her look and her mom's look back and, like, they're connecting. And then, like, Sandra Bullock reaches out and, like, grabs her. And I'm like, oh, this is about, like, grief and motherhood. And then I'm like, no, it's not. This is a bad movie. What is happening? And again, we're still not to the plot of the movie yet. Nope. No. Uh, and so I, yeah. And so I this think is it's a, time to enter the plot. It's established that Nicole Kidman, when she runs away from home, oh, so she runs away from home because she's met a boy, and although it's, I don't think it's the same boy. I also boy. don't get the vibe that this is the house that would that would really be like you can't go out with a boy or you can't go. Like I, I mean, don't, they clearly, clearly not. They like. They, they're they super put a loosey spell on the, the other yeah, one the to go chill. Throw her body into the arms of a stranger. Yeah, so those ants are definitely why. smoking pot all the time. They're like the chillest ants ever. They never once reprimand anyone. Nope. No, their mom died, guys. But like right before Nicole Kidman runs off with a random boy, they decide to do this blood pact thing, which is something people do in movies. But I don't know if I've known anyone who actually does one in real life, where you cut yourself and you cut your friend. <laughs> Um, but they, they do this thing when they do blood oaths where they just cut themselves across the palm, Ugh. which bothers me in movies because your palms are one of the largest concentration of nerve endings in your entire body. It's where your hands are, I'm the thing so you get most of your touch senses from. So if you were to slice yourself yeah. across the hand, it would hurt like no one's business. You, have you ever gotten a paper cut on just one finger? It hurts like and Laura's writhing in pain just thinking about it across the table. I have knife issues. <laughs> but I do feel like this blood pact was like the sweetest blood pact of all time. It was like, don't worry, sister. I'm not going to leave forever. I'm going to come back and we're going to move in together as old ladies and we're going to die on the same day. Blood pact about it. And I was like, oh, it was really yeah, sweet, actually. There is actually a lot of sweet, like, sisterhood and, like, 
kind of feminism, but really witches. <laughs> I feel like Witchism. we have turned witches into like shorthand for feminism in Los Angeles. <laughs> but like, it's it, there is a strong theme of like yay women and like yay sisters and yay female bonding. Right. It's just that it. <sighs> Is that what I showed up for? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It, and it, I, and yeah. It's around this time that we realize that there's not going to be anything funny in this movie. They don't even I attempt don't know. This is one of the funniest movie. movies we've ever watched. <laughs> um, so at this point, we enter the plot. Right. So uh, Sandra Bullock is, uh, you know, grieving. And then yeah. suddenly, as we mentioned, uh, Nicole Kidman had driven day, night, day, night, day, night <laughs> to... Sit in her bed and rub her face and say, hey, sister, I love you. And then she left in the middle of the night and went back. Without saying hi to the aunts or her nieces. Hi to her nieces, the real bitch. So anyway. It almost um, begs the question, was she there or was that a Sandy Bullock fever dream? Right? Oh. So I know it's exactly what I thought. So uh, somehow through the course of time or not time passage, I don't even know, she suddenly had a shop. That because her sister gave her the will to go on, and uh, so either two days or three years later, <laughs> uh, she gets they get a phone call from uh, Nicole Kidman. Nicole Kidman say, and they're just like, "Oh no!" And she goes and she flies from this weird New England island all the way to Tucson, Arizona, yep. to rescue her from her Bulgarian boyfriend. And they they play with sort of the idea that he. He thinks of himself as like a cowboy vampire. But then there's several just little things about him where I was like, wait, is he a vampire? I mean, we have witches in this world. I mean, they kind of turned him into a vampire, spoiler alert. Yeah. Of some kind. Vampiric Uh, tendencies. Yeah, and so suddenly, I guess they got in a fight, she Mm -hmm. and the boyfriend, because he said a wrong word and she laughed at him and the guy at the ice cream shop that was serving them laughed at him too and then he... He hit her? Yep. In the ice cream shop? He in the punched ice cream her. Shop. Well, I, maybe afterwards. Or maybe afterward, yeah. Either way, she not. got punched in the face. Yeah, and so she's hiding, and sister goes in, and she's like, oh, no, we got to get you out of here. And they go outside, and the moon is orange. There's a blood There's moon. There's blood on blood the moon. moon. So she's like, I need my tiger's eye to protect me. And, and she goes and gets her tiger's eye, and it didn't tig- fucking protect her. It did the opposite protect her. the plot of the movie right here. If she had just gotten in the car, if she had just gotten in the car, then she would have been fine. But because she went to go... So this is the reason why superstition is bullshit. Like, because <laughs> she was like, oh no, I've left my hippy-dippy crystal magic chakra thing in my car. Let me go get it. Guess who's in her car with her hippy-dippy chakra magic thing? It's her abusive vampire possible boyfriend. Who suddenly has a gun to her a, head? Or a knife. Wasn't it a gun? It was dark. I couldn't tell. It was tell. very dark. Yeah. Mm. Maybe he had nothing and he was just like... Yeah, he's like, come with me now. Okay, so then he takes them on this like joyride, essentially, having kidnapped them. Yeah. But there's a break where he steps out to pee, but he's got the keys so they can't leave without him. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. at this point, it had been established that when he gets handsy... Uh, and refuses to sleep. Like She says that he never sleeps, which is part of the thing that made me think, is he a vampire? So to make him sleep, just so Nicole Kidman can get a few hours of shut-eye, she drugs him with Belladonna, which, if taken too much of it, will kill you. Yep. Well, in an attempt to drug him so that they can ditch him by the side of the road and not be kidnapped anymore, Sandy Bullock puts a bunch of 
of belladonna in his drink. He drinks a bunch of it and he dies because she put too much in. Yep. Uh, and they're like, oh my god, what are we gonna do? Let's totally forget that we're witches. It could probably witch our way out of this. Let's, um, mm, uh... Bring you back from the dead! Let's drive this car with this corpse in it from Tucson, Arizona to Salem, Massachusetts. Or wherever. Or wherever the fuck they're supposed to be. (laughs) And they get there and they're like, okay, I got an idea. You know how when your husband died... (laughs) Sorry to, like, scratch that wound. But you know when your (laughs) husband died, you really wanted us to use black magic to bring him back from the dead? But then luckily we convinced you that then he would be some sort of soulless zombie that you definitely wouldn't want to be with. Let's bring this guy back. Let's bring this guy back from the dead. Because I don't care what he is, he could be a soulless vampire, but at least then... Uh, we're not guilty of murder. <laughs> There's there no way this plan could go wrong. <laughs> and Except for the fact that he did come back as a soulless zombie, but he was already evil in his former life. So and he's so now double, like, evil. double evil. He's like, I'm going to kill you. And this is the point where they do the entire uh, uh, kind of uh, say uh, opposite version of a seance, kind of a seance, some, some sort of ritual. Oh, the ready and, whip, and the ready, and she she draws a star on his chest and ready whip, a and pentacle, then a pentacle. Uh, sorry, uh, in ready whip, and then she. This is Sandra Bullock, by the way. I could see Nicole Kidman doing this, but like this was not. This is against character. She like flips her finger through the ready whip and like puts it on her tongue while she's trying to like read in the book, trying to figure out that she ate. Something off. She like licked something off of a dead body, just cash, just... off a corpse that died th- half the country ago. <laughs> and the thing about it that's so baffling is like I don't know what movie they thought they were making when they made that choice. No. Like it, it felt a little bit like oh this is like a campy fun like rom com yeah. And the director was like yeah do that that's cute. And then she did that and then somehow it stayed. When it really should not have, because tonally, I'm like, what? what is this? Because literally in the scene before, when he was still alive, he is on top of Nicole Kidman, who he's significantly larger than, and throttling her to death. And, and Sandra Bullock, who weighs maybe 100 pounds soaking wet, is on his back, ineffectively stopping him from doing it. And had it not been conveniently at that moment that the Belladonna finally kicks in and kills him, he would have killed her and then killed Sandra Bullock. Yep. Uh, and so... Why then the very next scene are we comically licking Weddy Ready Whip off the corpse? Because it's not like it's not like tonally like oh they're like black widows that are just like really sexy and gonna kill men and then they're gonna be casual about it. It's like it's just like no, she's just you know they're just real women, guys. It's just like it's Sandra Bullock and she's like a rom com heroine. Like she acts like a rom com heroine in this. She does, yeah. She acts the same in this as she does in While You Were Sleeping. And that's so incongruous with, like, the heavy-ass spousal abuse that we just saw. What? So he comes back to life, and Sandy Bullock then immediately brains him to death again with a frying pan. Mm -hmm. There's so much, like, classic lady violence in this movie, like, frying pan all the way. And so she kills him, and they bury him in the backyard. Spoiler alert, because you brought him back from the dead, he's not going to just stay dead when you bury him. So then he starts haunting the house and around this time aiden quinn shows up investigating the murder and you guys before we move on uh we misread the the intro credits and we got so excited because we thought that uh aiden gillen who plays Littlefinger in game of thrones was in this movie and so we were like we haven't seen him yet he's coming It's, it's is Littlefinger the romantic male lead? 
Uh, I want you to stop right now and just picture this movie with Aidan Gillen as the romantic lead. <laughs> yeah. Is it improved? I think it can it, only be improved. Like but instead, imagine the the scenes that like instead of the yeah. So so Aidan <laughs> Quinn is in we this get movie. Aiden Quinn, who is I don't even know a how to mush mouth it. like creeper. Yeah. Like, so he he's a hoverer. In. Right. He comes in. Yes. He's really gross like he made me i <laughs> he made me really uncomfortable he looms over every woman in this he movie. loomed over the children. <laughs> children over the children think of the children there's a point where he's like interacting with the children he looms over them and goes hey, you know what a sorrow cactus is <laughs> some saguaro cactus pancakes. You know what he is? He's that guy that like you interact with for five seconds and he always finds a way to touch the small of your back. He totally oh, is. Oh. And like you're like I don't you, need this. You guys this this man spoiler alert is the man of her dreams. <laughs> uh and like as we said one we, blue eye one green eye. Yeah guys. so we established that he's supposed to have one blue eye and one green eye. And there's lots of opportunities where Aiden Quinn seems to be staring wide-eyed as possible at the camera. And to the point where, after he does it about the 15th time, Yulene goes, you know, they keep showing us his eyes like I'm supposed to see that they're blue and green, but they're not. <laughs> they really weren't. And then that's when Marshall was like, oh, I bet, was it you? That, that they're going to say, oh, he wears contacts and reveals that he does have one blue and one green because yeah, that, that freaks good. people out. That was pretty good writing. I, yeah, I'm sorry I wrote that <laughs> script better than they did. Nope. That's not what... That's not... No. No, she just... Uh, so, uh, did Significantly we... later, when... He, spoiler alert, he gets to kiss American treasure Sandra Bullock on the mouth a lot. <laughs> she gets that close to his face and is like, you have one blue eye and one green eye. No. I no. must run from you. And then he just mutters to himself as she's gone into like the pillows. I was born that way. But it, but it comes out. Way. But it comes out more like. <laughs> <laughs> he literally never so, opens his mouth to deliver a line. It's always through his like gaping maw. It's like. <laughs> Which so, guys? Did we even say why you showed up? He was the detective. Yeah. So he's the detective investigating vampire boyfriends. Death and the the sisters do a terrible job of throwing him off their trail because I okay I don't understand why are people in movies terrible at lying always even when we established throughout the movie that they're good at lying when they want to well this time it was witchcraft because she was like I feel I cannot lie to this man and we're supposed to take it as like he's her soulmate oh yeah. I didn't even pick up on that yeah I mean. Ugh. Can we back up a second and talk about that kiss scene? Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, we're going we're going back toward it again because we've ripped the time space continuum with this movie. <laughs> it's. I don't think I've ever had a movie where all three of us on the couch, as it was happening, we saw it coming. They showed that shot that you get during kissing scenes where it's profile two shot. You see them and they're like there's space between them and it's getting smaller and you know it's coming. And then you cut to the closes and they're like looking at each other's lips and it's like. If you had any chemistry, or maybe if you hadn't been a creepy, looming fuck, like, then... Can I curse on this podcast? You can curse away. You do. Like, then maybe my reaction would have been different. But I think we all just said, no, 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 And then he kissed her and we were like, no. And then they kissed. It was the most grotesque and, like, 
unearned anxiety inducing kiss I've ever seen I on a screen. I did not want it. I did not ask for it. Yulene at one point just screamed, I do not ship this. <laughs> <laughs> and here's the other epiphany I had later on. I think that when they wrote this movie, they wanted to cast Matthew McConaughey. I like this theory a lot. Yeah, it would have definitely worked. There's something about the way that Aiden Quinn carries himself throughout this movie that feels a whiff of like that like lonesome cowboy sexy that Matthew McConaughey was rocking in like 1997 Contact. And like, if you imagine that like, Marshall, can you do his voice again? <laughs> okay, now imagine that, but Matthew McConaughey. So it's more like, uh, it's more like, uh, well, all right, uh, you know. <laughs> and, and, I'm just here investigating this. No, murder. I get it. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. oh, hot damn! And you like add his like baby blues and yeah, like he's he like that hair. Fifteen years older than Matthew McConaughey, <laughs> and like he's like Z-list Matthew McConaughey. Uh, he rolls in and he's like, I know you guys killed him. Um, and you should you get anyway. a lawyer, but I'm in love with you and, uh, I don't think I can turn you in. So I'm going to leave. And then he just disappears. And then he weirdly follows her home and just like appears in their house when she's standing in the attic watching her sister be possessed. Oh, right. By the ghost of her vampire boyfriend. And then his, his... His spirit rises from her body. Mm-hmm. But then somehow he pulls out his star sheriff's badge and it works as like an amulet. Well, it's weird because like earlier on, like the the first time Aiden Quinn interacts with Sandra Bullock, she's just paranoid with fear about having to admit that she killed this guy. The very next scene when the guy shows up, she is smoldering. Every line out of her is a double entendre. So weird. And then so she weird. reaches inside his coat suggestively and pulls out his badge. And it's like, this badge doesn't actually have any power. It's just a symbol, just a talisman. Oh, Except for then. I didn't get that it, connection. Is a talisman. But then 30 Born minutes later, when the vampire ghost tries to like. <laughs> fucking heart crush our detective he's burned by the star and he pulls out his hand there's a star-shaped burn on his ghost hand and then and then uh, so Aiden Quinn just shows him the badge like priest holding up a crucifix style and the ghost vaporizes and Mm -hmm. we're just like no way is this the how the movie ends it felt very but it wasn't how the movie ends spoiler alert it's not uh, how it ends they have a sad conversation about their star-crossed love and he leaves their love question mark yes and uh, then suddenly we realize that uh, Nicole Kidman's body is still filled with uh, demon. The ants come home because they've been gone the whole time to quote unquote teach the girls a lesson not to meddle. Mm-hmm. Not to meddle with the dead, with bringing the dead back to life. Gotta teach the girls a lesson. And then they basically <laughs> look at the situation and they say, oh, you girls really gummed this one up. Get all the women you can get over here. We're going to do some good old-fashioned, like... Ritual and... and Yeah, exorcism. So this... Okay. So, anyway, so this phone tree is then used to recruit all the women in town who literally wish death upon these witches scenes earlier. Yeah. She's a witch. Yeah. They all hate they all hate the witches. They like try and uh, But they all fa- show up with brooms when she calls. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Luckily they did because they were really needed. Yeah. 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 Well, and they have these little asides during that montage where they're like, well, apparently her boyfriend is, like, just a really bad guy. And it's just, like, this weird, 
it, it's that kind of like '90s rom com vibe again. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's another super, like lick the ready with moment. Yes. Yeah. Where exactly. it feels yeah. like it's it's kind of part of a different movie than the like straight up possession. That's it's happened. true. Yeah, I really, now that we've, like, gone through most of the plot, I really do think that, like, I wish they had committed to the darkness of this movie. Or the lightness. Or the lightness. Or the lightness. Because, like, My whole life is about chasing things that feel kind of like magic. Like nice. Ouija boards and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Well, not <laughs> even, yeah. Just anything that I'm like, I can't explain it immediately with science, so it feels like magic. <laughs> I hear you. Like, so that 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 felt, like, magic-y. Yeah. I love that. So they um, manage to expel the demon. He becomes dust, which all oh, the women become important. super they, excited about cleaning up the dust. They manage to expel the demon because Sandra Bullock realizes that if she redoes the blood pact and connects their blood to their blood, that they can somehow expel this demon. Which I don't know why. why? And not only does she expel the demon, it lifts the curse. So she can be with creepy detective oh but and then you know they live happily ever after and the little girls love him and um they you know, it lives happily ever the after is broken. with no one learning a lesson at all no. none lessons uh no learned. there are lessons what were and the it lessons? is love anytime you can oh yeah all right which is Except, kind of nice. Which really, really worked out for Nicole Kidman's character, guys. <laughs> but it really did not work out for for sperm donor dad. No, not at all. Well, like because she chose to love him, like he just had to get killed by a Mack truck. That is pretty. Yeah, I really liked him. He yeah. was really sweet and innocent. He didn't. He deserved better. He did. All right, guys. So that was Practical Magic, and we have spent a very long time shit talking that plot. So uh yeah, it's it's so weird. And going into what we were talking about like romance, like it establishes this idea that there's a difference between love and truly loving someone. Cuz when her sperm donor husband dies, the aunts go, "Oh, we never knew you truly love him." <laughs> She had two of his babies. They, they seem perfectly happy. Love spell. They, like they, they literally just went to be her happy. wedding, and yeah. she was literally beaming of happiness. Yep. I'm sure. Yep, yep, yep. Because she yeah. seemed really happy in that. Like that. They did like a little montage of the the like final day of their whole life together of their life, and it was like really. It was a really. I want that kind of relationship where I dance around the house with my husband and my two kids. That yeah. was beautiful. It seemed yeah. great. And then he dies. And then he dies. Well, here's something that I didn't realize is that it is based on a novel. And coming out on the other side of this movie, <laughs> it um it feels like that makes that explains so many things. Mm-hmm. Like the kind of like episodic weird snippets that don't really connect but kind of connect and then also the romance with Mr. not Matthew McConaughey but should have been. Because I can see, I read a lot of romance novels. That's just like my porn, and like <laughs> I, I will acknowledge that a fault of them is that they'll have the insta love, and then they'll be like, "Oh, we're so tortured though. Like we can't love each other, even though we do." And then they'll like run back into each other's arms, but then it's like, "No, but we still can't be together." And then they'll come back, and it'll be like really hot and great, and I love it. And this had all of that, but without. It doesn't work as a movie, I don't think. It does not. No. You know, like, in in this day and age where we have so much incredible television, 
I could see how this could have lived as like a season of a TV show. Oh, yeah. Because you actually could have given those episodes. And, you know, as long as you replace uh, a creepy hover. Replace him with Matthew McConaughey and literally that solves every problem. It does. I I no longer find the creepy hovering like creepy. Well, because he wouldn't make that acting choice. Yeah. 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 yeah, And then also it's like when he reaches out to touch her, it would be kind of electric and hot in the like mumbly Matthew McConaughey way. Right. (laughs) Have Matthew McConaughey and Sandra Bullock ever done something together? I feel like they had to have because they were both. Feels right. It does. (laughs) I don't. What a missed opportunity. Is he, well, was like, was she in a space movie at the same time as him? Was that what, he was in Interstellar and and then she was was in in Gravity. Oh, Oh, but maybe they were out in space together at the same time. Warming space with their love. Yeah. Well, this about brings us to our title question. uh, Do I still love it? Uh, Yulene Kwong. Oh, man. You know, I think I went on a journey with this one. Like, I think I I started this podcast not even sure if I had loved it the first time, but it stuck in there. And then as we were watching it, I was like, no, no, no. The answer is no, Marshall. And then as as I get more distance and we've processed it, I'm kind of like, I got a lot out of this movie. I got, like... I, I thought about it in a way where it was like, I thought about like women and their relationships with each other. I thought about adaptation of books and how sometimes that changes things. I thought I thought about Matthew McConaughey a lot. And honestly, my brain is doing like a control F find replace all of Aiden Quinn in this movie. And I've suddenly decided, you know what? I think I, I like it much more when I imagine it that way. And so this movie has like activities in it for me when I think about it, which is cool. But ultimately, no, no, I don't still love it. All right, Laura Weiss. This does go up there with some of my favorite watchings of movies that are I hate on this podcast. So you love to hate it. God, I love to hate this. This was so much fun. When we finished this movie, I could not wait to get on this mic because I was just like, this is just a great conversation. And you know, like there have been movies that I've watched that are really bad that aren't fun to talk about. So that gets points. But no, this movie's trash. <laughs> yeah, so I, I hadn't seen it and I'm like watching this and the whole time the thought that was going through my head is, dude, this is like a picture of why like romance movies get so much shit from, from not just guys but from like just or the media in general is like ah oh, pithy romance because it was like not only pithy but like so much of the movie made very little sense like the the actors who were weak were making incredibly weak choices none of the relationships were earned the only none. the only relationships that made any sense were the ones within the witch family I bought that they were like sisters who mm-hmm. loved and trusted each other, but also sort of hated each other in those ways sisters do. Mm-hmm. The they they had this sort of good relationship with their aunts, and like the daughters like did a good job and all that sort of thing. Like I liked our six female witches, but everybody else in the entire movie is a fucking train wreck. And the whole time I was just like, when will this be over? Yeah. Well, guys, thank you so much. This has been a very fun episode. <laughs> yeah. I'm doing it. I love it. I really want to thank our special guest, writer-director Yulene Kwong. Uh, Yulene, would you like to talk about any projects that you have coming up? 
<laughs> uh, thank you for that. I have a show called I Ship It that is currently on uh, the CW Seed. Marshall worked on it. It was so much fun working on it with it's you. It's so great. It's so much fun working with you. Um, and we just wrapped the second season. And yeah. 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 They liked the first season, so we got a second one. And the second season, I actually haven't said this anywhere else. You guys get the exclusive. Ooh. It's an alternate universe because I was like, fuck the first season. <laughs> So same characters, completely new timeline. Same characters, completely new timeline. Because I kind of felt like we explored the nerd rock element. It it was about a nerd rock band (laughs) in Uh the first season. I felt like we explored that too as much as I could. Um, But I really wanted to tell a story about a fangirl um, and what happens when a fan kind of engages with the work that they are a fan of on a professional level. Um, And also I wanted to tell a love story, whereas last season it was more of a deconstruction of a love story. Um, (laughs) So yeah, that's that's what I'm working on and that's what's next. Who knows when it will come out, but yeah, it will come out. Please check it out then. Well, yeah, we'll definitely check it out on our website, doistillloveit.com. We'll have links to season one of I Ship It. Uh, definitely check it out. It's a fun musical rom-com mm-hmm. uh, or deconstruction of a rom-com. And, uh, and when the second season comes out, we'll make sure to blast that out to you guys. Definitely follow us at Do I Still Love It on Twitter and Instagram and on Facebook. And that about does it for Do I Still Love It. I'm Marshall James. And I'm Laura Weiss. Reminding you to always throw spilled salt over your left shoulder. Always keep rosemary by your garden gate. Add pepper to your mashed potatoes. Plant roses and lavender for luck. And remember, fall in love wherever you can. Hi everyone, I just want to take a moment here at the end to tell you about a new project that I've launched. The fight for a sustainable future is paramount, but at times it can seem overwhelming, especially when news about the environment often seems so dire. But there are reasons to be hopeful that we can succeed in saving the earth and undoing damage by human activity, because every day millions of people are working tirelessly to heal our home world. My project is called The Greenest Generation, and it's a public awareness campaign to spread information about positive, uplifting news about the environment and advancements in the cause of sustainability, as well as resources for how to lower your personal environmental impact. So please follow The Greenest Generation on Facebook and Instagram at Greenest Generation and on Twitter at Green Gen Blog. Thanks so much. This has been-